Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Futuro. Puerto Rican reggaeton is like the wind. It picks up fragments of Puerto Ricanisms like seeds and scatters them wherever someone is perreando. Right now, all over the world, people have heard of Bayamón, Condado, or Caserillos. That's what housing projects are called in Puerto Rico. It's possible that many people have no idea what or where these reggaetoneros are singing about, but that barely matters. One of my favorite examples of this is in Cardi B's I Like It, in which Bad Bunny has this hyper-specific burn. No te conocen ni en plaza. They don't even know you in plaza. And that's not plaza like a town square, that's Plaza Las Américas, the biggest shopping mall in all of Puerto Rico, and in fact, in the whole Caribbean, the second largest in Latin America. Capital P, plaza. The thing is, such a big part of Puerto Rican life happens in and around this particular mall that if nobody knows you there, then you are a nobody. Now, every time I hear that line, I imagine this reference to Plaza traveling through the wind and scattering all over Ecuador or China or Wisconsin. And in this way, Plaza gets so much bigger than it already is. The center of everything. Recently, the journalist and author Joel Cintron Arbacetti told me that he understood the importance of Plaza through a reggaeton song. When's the first time you heard of Plaza? The first time I heard about Plaza was uh, in a cassette, like a mixtape, you know? Maybe a bunch of songs there, and there was Vamos Pa Plaza. Vamos Pa Plaza, from the duo Baby Rasta y Gringo. Maybe it's not iconic, but it is a classic. This was back when reggaeton was called underground and would get passed around by hand in, yes, cassettes. The song is essentially about two dudes going to the mall to just hang out. They want to check out girls, and they think there's this one girl who's into them, una chica interesada. But they suspect she just wants them to buy things for her. The first time I heard this song, it had to be like the late 90s, somewhere around there. They mentioned Foot Locker and Gap. Joel is from Naranjito. I think perhaps it's the most beautiful town in Puerto Rico. And when he heard this song by Baby Rasta y Gringo, he hadn't yet been to Plaza Las Américas. But the lyrics stuck in his mind. It feels like they were improvising in the studio or something. You know, like, it's kind of random. I don't know. To Joel, living in a small town in the mountains, the idea of spending time under those bright lights, near those brands, sounded alluring and cool. It was sort of a foreshadowing, as though Baby Rata y Gringo had been talking to Joel from the future. Because years later, he had to spend a lot of time in Plaza. When he was 17, he got his first real job at a store there. Life happens to a lot of people from Naranjito, from the towns of the center of the island, where there is not too much work or jobs. 
It was over the holidays, which means the mall was packed, it was impossible to find parking, and it took forever to get home. And the store he worked in, he had to sell clothes to surfers, which to him just wasn't cool. At the time, Joel only wanted to dress just like Baby Rasta y Ringo. He was into hip-hop and reggaeton. What was your aesthetic? What was the look? Yeah, my look was totally different from the things I have to sell in the store. He'd wear oversized everything, like those big polo shirts with short sleeves that come down past his elbows. So that was my look with my big pants. And it's funny because I am, I was very skinny and small and, and the clothes so big. <laughs> <laughs> then getting out late at night, like disoriented and driving back to Naranjito just for the minimum wage, you know. I end up spending everything in gasoline and, and the lunch, so it was kind of stupid working there. But it was this illusion of, yeah, I got my first job, and my dad was proud of me, and blah, blah, blah. In other words, being there. It wasn't cool anymore. I had stopped thinking of Praza as a cool place, and now I see it as this symbol of consumerism and capitalism. And ever since then, with the song Vamos Pa Plaza in the rearview mirror of nostalgia, Joel's relationship with Plaza grew more and more fraught. I remember having this fear of being stuck in Plaza forever because there are people who basically spend their whole life there. Joel has been thinking a lot about this iconic mall, the physical space, but also the space it occupies in the Puerto Rican imagination. And he wanted to know... What can this mall reveal about life in Puerto Rico? So Joel challenged himself and us to spend a whole day there. From 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. In Plaza Las Américas. From Futuro Studios and WNYC Studios, this is La Brega. I'm Alana Casanova-Burgess, and in this episode, Track 7. Vamos pa plaza, the center of everything. First, Joel is going to take us inside plaza and show us just how much can really happen there. You can't officially be born in Plaza Las Americas, but kind of. And when it's full of people, you can feel like you may actually die there. Plaza is one of the only places in San Juan, aside from maybe a bar at night, where you're sure to see a ton of people when you arrive. In Vamos Pa Plaza, Baby Rusty Gringo are not even shopping. They are just hanging out, checking out women. People had to Plaza to see people. I do remember coming when I was really young, and it was literally a hangout. We would plan with my friends after school. We're coming to Plaza, and we're walking around. Here, you can satisfy that human need to be around others. Like, I, I exist. I'm sharing the place with human beings. Even if it's a stranger, you will find yourself talking to someone and, like, interacting with them. At Plaza, you can even do government stuff, like... You can get your passport renewed. And when you are a teenager, you can actually fall in love at Plaza. Is this 
a date? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Is it a first date? Yeah. <laughs> you can manage your healthcare needs like getting vaccinated. Vinimos y por la vacuna. And I guess if you really want to, you could buy something. I love to go shopping. I love to see stuff that I like. <laughs> From the outside, the mall looks like a walled city with a tower in the middle. So it looks like a castle and at the same time, like a government office building. There are 11,000 parking spots, a movie theater, a bookstore, showrooms for fancy electric cars, and even fake snow at Christmas. It is, in a word, excessive. We tend to think of these spaces for shopping, but shopping is probably one of the least activities that happens in the space. You know, the shopping mall is all about make-believe more than anything else. This is Arlene Davila, professor at New York University. She wrote a book called El Mall about shopping malls in Latin America. We think of the shopping mall as a space of modernity where everything works, where everything is clean and where everything is safe. Praza is like a tropical fantasy, with water fountains that shoot up to the sky, or rather, to the ceiling. Of course, Puerto Rico has always been the showcase of the Caribbean. And Praza is a showcase of that showcase. It's a phenomenon Davila has noticed in other places. These cathedrals of capitalism show how far a country has come. People in Bogotá are super proud of their malls, and they see them as an extension of their coming of age, as are people in Cali, in Cartagena, in, in Chile, everywhere else. You may think Praza is a place to worship at the altar of excess, but Davila says there's a lot more going on here. Not only the people that come with, like, totally in debt, that don't have the money to shop, and that are kind of performing that they can, but also the workers, that workforce, right? You know, it's, 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 it's the heart of them all. Workers like Ginelli Santiago. Ginelli is 21 and lives right next door to where I live with my family when I work at Praza. Now, she's in the same position I was 20 years ago, having to work very far from home. Even without traffic, it's a 35-minute drive. But she heads to work early, about 10 a.m., because there's almost always traffic. In Puerto Rico, trying to avoid El Tapón, a gridlock, is almost like trying to avoid death. On the day we drove in together, there was, of course, un tapón, all thanks to a broken traffic light. And then finally, there it was, Praza, in the rain, with its logo of three sails. They stand for La Niña, La Pinta, and La Santa Maria, Columbus's three ships, and that doesn't even seem weird to us anymore. Ginelis drove all the way to the top of the parking tower. That's her spot. En los carros, 
este, le roban, le explotan los cristales. Y a mí me da miedo eso. Ginelis has heard that cars get broken into or stolen here. This parking lot that she's afraid of is actually part of the identity of the mall and even of the whole country. There's this expression, pero mira que ya no está el parking de plaza. That means, if you really want to know how Puerto Rico is doing, check out how many cars are in plaza's parking lot. I think that there's this myth, right? Like, how can we say that Puerto Rico is in a bad situation when the shopping mall is always full? I imagine that when Plaza first opened, some people saw this as the thing to make Puerto Rico fully modern, the peak of an industrialization push that started in the 1940s. En español, bienvenidos, y en inglés, welcome. This ad, published in 1968 in the newspaper El Imparcial, tells us that Plaza was completely air-conditioned and that most stores were Puerto Rican. At every moment, the courtesy and good service that will be, today and always, the values of Plaza Las Americas. Here's Arlene Davila of NYU again. People can come to these malls and see everything from the United States is better, it's shiny, it's wider, there's air conditioning. You know, that message that was so powerful, that was central, you know, the growth of consumer massification of consumer capitalism on the island and that kind of how, how entrenched it is to the colonial project on the island. By 1972, Plaza Las Americas was already the capital of Puerto Rico. That's when Luis Muñoz Marín, the first elected governor, who many people saw as a kind of saint, returned to the island and gave a speech. And where did he go? To the parking lot of Plaza Las Americas. Pero no puedo resistir la tentación de darle un saludo especial a la mujer puertorriqueña. It's fascinating, right, how we, we tend to associate this kind of a nationalism, if you will, incredible national pride that we Puerto Ricans have on Plaza being the greatest or the biggest and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's the effect of decades of the nationalist modernizing project. When the Pope, El Papa, came to Puerto Rico in 1984, he also gave mass right outside the mall. Todo el público ya está eh, llenando el área de Plaza de las Américas donde dentro de poco se va a efectuar la misa. Yes, Papa Juan Pablo II, the Pope, who represents God on Earth, went to a parking de Plaza de las Américas. Queridos hijos e hijas de Puerto Rico, Saludo cordialmente a todos los miembros de la sociedad de esta isla de Borinquen, Belia. It's around noon. Chinelis likes to arrive at least 30 minutes before her eight-hour shift. She works in a kiosk selling lottery tickets in the food court. When I look at the line of people waiting to pay, nobody has shopping bags. 
It's like they came only for the lottery. Ginelis does her job pressing buttons on a screen with a sense of calm precision. From afar, with her COVID mask on, she looks like a lab technician. She also looks like someone who knows this job is temporary. She doesn't see herself here in another year. Ginelis makes minimum wage, which in Puerto Rico is $8.50 an hour. That's not enough to make payments on her car, but she has a plan. She's studying to take the test to enter the U.S. military. She tells me she likes spending time with her grandparents in Toalta, going out with friends and taking care of her pets. She has many, including two parrots. It's hard for me to imagine her in a military uniform. Just like Ginelis wants to, I left Puerto Rico in 2020, but under very different circumstances, with certain privileges. Like being a bit older, having an advanced degree, and a steady job. If Ginelis moves, then we will form part of the same diaspora. People leave Puerto Rico in so many different ways, and every day, those ways of going seem easier than the ways of staying or the ways of returning. And when I look at the people in Plaza, I see people who are not only there to shop, they also have their own reasons to want to go away or to have to go away from Puerto Rico. But not everyone wants to leave. After the break, we'll talk to people who want to stay at the mall for as long as they can. This is La Brega. Carnegie Hall is one of the most famous concert venues in the world. The first time I walked on the stage, I felt like my feet were moving, but they were not touching the floor. Join us for If This Hall Could Talk, a new podcast that explores the history of this iconic landmark through the unique items in its archives. I'm your host, Jessica Vosk, and together we'll explore how the past shaped the culture we live in today. Listen to If This Hall Could Talk wherever you get podcasts. What up, y'all? This is Velcro from Santulce, Puerto Rico, and you're listening to La Brega. I'm Alana Casanova Burgess. And I am Joel Cintron Arbacetti. And this is La Brega. We're taking a page from a classic reggaeton called Vamos Pa Plaza. Let's go to Plaza Las Americas, the mall that's the center of everything in San Juan. We're spending a whole day there. By now, it's lunchtime. 
and I'm going to stay at Plaza until Ginelis finishes her shift selling lottery tickets. That's at 9 p.m. Alana and La Brega producer Ezequiel Rodriguez Andino are walking around observing and interviewing. Hola. ¿Te compras muchos tenis aquí por Hola. Hola. Mi nombre es Alana. For example, I spent some time with a woman named Maria Correa. Maria is sitting in the food court with a newspaper and a radio on the table in front of her. She's ready for her daily ritual. Maria gets up and has breakfast at home. She takes her medications and she gets ready to come here. She drives, even though she lives literally across the street in a housing project. She comes to Plaza, she tells me, and eats a potato. And that potato comes with cheese and bacon. Her usual spot is the hot potato. Tagline, your health has no price. And the server who usually takes her order lives near Maria, so she often gets extra cheese and bacon. Maria wears glasses and a mask that says, I love Jesus. She's thin and wears a pink blouse and has gray hair. She lives alone and gets bored. So she comes here. Plaza, she says, is always full. There's actually a whole world in Plaza for people like Maria. There's an organized group for older folks to walk around the mall together. They meet on the first floor every morning. The mall also arranges activities and exercise classes for them. People like Maria, elderly Puerto Ricans, come to enjoy the air conditioning, the reliable electricity, and the company. Puerto Rico is getting older. The archipelago has lost half a million people in the last decade during the most recent wave of migration. Maria has three daughters, eight grandkids, and two great-grandkids, and they all live in the States. She lists them to me like that every time she mentions them. Like when she tells me that they want her to move to be with them, to spend what time she has left together. Maria is one of the mothers, grandmothers, and great-grandmothers who have stayed behind after their younger relatives have left the island. And Plaza is a kind of refuge for a lot of them. Maria doesn't like being alone. But at times, she's wary of leaving Puerto Rico. Because it's colder in the States, and the cold hurts her bones. But she knows she'll have to eventually leave Puerto Rico to be with family. She's going to miss the way people relate to each other here. Neighbors know each other. It's not like over there. Maria says she knows about life in the States because she lived in Bristol, Connecticut for 10 years. And she's gone to visit her daughters, her grandkids, and her great-grandchildren. 
But now that she's preparing herself mentally to leave Puerto Rico and never return, the trip is going to mean a lot more. She's going to be leaving her sisters behind, too. And she's worried about one of them who also lives alone. She wants her to come to the States, too. Sometimes the sisters meet up here, in the food court where we're sitting. But they're not coming as often these days. It's hard to get old anywhere in Puerto Rico, including Plaza. The day before she leaves, Maria tells me she'll come here, to Plaza. And will she miss it? Nah, there are malls in the States that her daughters take her to. But is she going to miss the potato? Nah, there are potatoes there too. It's 2.30. After spending a while by the lottery kiosk in the food court, I went down the escalator near a big fountain, and I got to the first floor. I walked down the corridor, which acts like the main street of a downtown, but indoors, with stores on either side. I got to one of the oldest stores in Plaza, one that is always full. Food Locker. It's even mentioned in that song by Baby Rasta y Gringo. Down here, there's also a stage where companies make presentations. Today, it's about solar power. I went up some other escalators and walked down another corridor until I got to the corner that seems like a museum of Puerto Rico's past. You know, full nostalgia. And that's where I saw La Brega producer Ezequiel. This area is called La Placita en Plaza. It's a part of the mall that tries to emulate the feel of a plaza en mercado, the public market at the center of any town in an archipelago. There are stands that sell fruits, juices, and hot plates of rice and beans. But the real-life markets in our town squares have been disappearing, in part because of the big-box stores and commercial centers just like Plaza Las Americas. That's why this pretend market at Plaza Las Americas has always seemed to be like a cruel joke to me, a cursed tribute to Plaza's victory over all these other plazas and the town squares. It presents them as small, quaint memories inside the monster that swallowed them whole. It was here that I met Nilsa, who is from San Juan. We've been in various places. Well, was. And she classifies the fact that she's now living in Texas as unfortunate. She misses Puerto Rico a lot. So when she comes, she tries to find all the local goods to bring back home. She was just walking by and was excited to see that they sold pasteles. Pasteles. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, well, pasteles are our Christmas comfort food of choice. But Nilsa wasn't really here to just enjoy pasteles. She came here because her father had passed away recently, and she wanted to come and get a sense of peace in Plaza. 
There's something about the familiarity of the mall, the bright open spaces, the people washing, and hearing other Boricuas talking around her that makes Nilsa feel better. Finding comfort food was just the icing on the cake. Nilsa's reasons for being here compelled me to face a function of plaza that I had not really considered. Plaza as a place of memory for the people that left. And Nilsa was not the only one that felt this way. I feel like I'm coming back home. That is Genesis, a young woman who currently lives in New York and was visiting her mother and sisters. I found them all sitting down having some coffee in a kiosk in the middle of the second floor corridor. Plaza, it feels like a part of home. Like, it sounds so cringy or <laughs> ridiculous, but when I'm here, I feel like, oh, okay, someplace familiar. But as Arlene Davila told us, creating that feeling of familiarity is what the mall is all about. It pulls us in with comfort so we won't notice something else. When you think about shopping malls, we need to remember that they're really about real estate and they're really about space and they're really about taking over our cities and controlling space and controlling uh, landscapes uh, more than anything else. Yes, let's think about it. The place inside the mall where I met Nilsa replicates a small town market, in part because those places are dwindling, falling prey to the monopoly of a place like Plaza. We come here because there's nowhere else to go, right? If Ginelis heads to the States to enlist in the army and Maria goes to be with her family and not be alone at the mall, will they someday return and visit Plaza with sentimentality for the past? Like Nilsa and Genesis too? <laughs> After hours and hours in Plaza, Alana and I just wanted to look at the sky. It was getting dark and a rainstorm had just passed. <laughs> I think after seven hours here. Oh, veo ese quién? <laughs> By now, it was like eight at night, and Alana and Ezequiel escaped Raza and returned to reality outside the mall. Apparently, reality continued to exist. But I stayed to give Ginelis one last visit. There had been a lot of customers all day long. ¿Cómo te ha ido el día? Pues realmente fue bien, hubieron muchos clientes. Hoy sí que fue bien movido. ¿Y estás cansada? Sueño lo que vengo. She told me she was sleepy and ready to close up. She closed the metal gate. Then she went to punch out exactly at nine. Ginelis told me that in the past she has fallen asleep driving from Plaza to Naranjito. But luckily, she's never had a crash. She tries to call someone, her mom or a friend, to keep her company on the drive. Y así de noche, a mí siempre me gusta llamar que sea mi mamá o a mis amigas. 
cuestión de yo no siempre estar todo el camino como tal hablando con alguien. When I started working on this episode, I didn't know exactly what I would find in Plaza. I was surprised that instead of a story about stability, abundance, and consumerism, what we found in the largest mall in the Caribbean was a story about scarcity and about people who don't see any other alternative than to leave Puerto Rico. Que tenga buen viaje. Igual, nos vemos. Cuídate. Pero envía. Sí. Lo sí. mando, gracias. Claro. But after that day, it didn't surprise me that we would find so many people in Plaza Las Americas who would want to leave Puerto Rico. Or people who have already left and are visiting. El vaivén, the coming and going, is real in Plaza too. There's no refuge that can shelter us from that reality. And what Plaza offers is another way of leaving the country of escaping to a place where you can find everything. was written by Joel Cintron Arbacetti and produced by Ezequiel Rodriguez Andino and Joaquin Kotler with help from Ginny Montalvo and Liliana Ruiz. It was edited by Maria Garcia and by me, Alana Casanova Burgess, and edited in English by Mark Pagan. Original artwork for this episode is by Fernando Norat. Special thanks this week to Deepak Lamba Nieves, Yarimar Bonilla, Juan Carlos Cintron, Ruben Davila Santiago, and Heather Hood. And I want to thank my late father, Juan Sintron, for always hating them all. And the La Brega team includes Ginny Montalvo, Ezequiel Rodriguez Andino, Joaquin Cutler, Liliana Ruiz, Tasha Sandoval, Mark Pagan, Maria Garcia, Victor Ramos Rosado, Juan Diego Ramirez, Marlon Bishop, and Jenny Lawton. Fact-checking this season is by Istra Pacheco and Maria Soledad. Our engineer is Joe Plord. Our theme song is by Ife. Original music is by Balloon. You can hear all the music featured in this episode and this season on our Spotify playlist. We've got a link in our show notes. And don't forget to tap the heart to save it to your library because we'll be adding to it each week. This season of La Brega was made possible by the Mellon Foundation. I'm Alana Casanova Burgess. Next week, track eight, Olas y Arenas. Bye.